Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack. And we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Here we go. Uh, We're here with episode two, and today we're going to be talking about politics, which is a bit of a risk. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've done revision, which actually, you know, home ground. We we know a lot about that. Now we're doing politics. Now we're branching out of our comfort zones massively and entering the realm of being controversial. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult for anyone. And um, I, I think we could end up not being friends after this, if we have completely differing political well, opinions. Well, the thing, isn't it? Because politics has sort of become one of these dirty words where, you know, it's like around the dinner table, don't talk about politics or religion. Next week's episode, do you believe in God? <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I wanted to talk about politics because I think it's a shame that it's a dirty word. I think it's, I really enjoy healthy argument and debate and I'm not one of these people who if you say you vote this way or that way I'm going to absolutely you know lose my mind and despise you so hopefully we can get through this episode without too many um too many disturbances yeah I I think being a teacher sort of brings that into because you you have uh, a whole load of students all with different opinions I think in some cases they have quite strong opinions yeah. uh, that clash as well so being able to mediate that is exactly the same skill as being able to mediate your two granddads definitely. at the dinner table yeah, arguing definitely. over the either side it's uh... definitely so what was your kind of exposure to politics growing up is it is it something I know we, we both kind of full disclaimer are pretty much novices at this we're not coming at <laughs> this we're not your a-level politics teachers um we're not both ex-mps uh, we did try and get Rishi Sunak as a guest but unfortunately <laughs> he um he rejected our request um but but what's your what's your exposure to it growing up and and your sort of standpoint yeah I I think that makes us a good starting point for those who don't really know a lot about politics because that's exactly the standpoint I had uh when I was a teenager when I was growing up I didn't discuss it that much with my family I certainly didn't really discuss it with my friends and so as I was approaching 16 17 18 starting to thinking about voting and thinking about where my political alliances would lie I didn't really have a clue I didn't really know how uh, the government was set up I didn't really know what I was voting for in terms yeah. of what an MP actually did um, and I, I didn't know what it meant to have a party in power and sort of why that was an important thing if if such I'd heard all the names I knew the politicians but I didn't get it it's one of those things isn't it where when you're younger it's um there's not necessarily the inclination to go and find out the information for yourself Um, and so for me it was just very much learnt behavior I you know I had two parents with um very very differing views on absolutely everything (laughs) I mean you could imagine what that was like growing up Um, but no so my dad was um, a conservative voter he was he was a banker he you know very very much kind of believes the conservative ideals which we'll talk a little bit about later and then my mum you know was um, a Labour voter and she was from Manchester you know she 
um, very much, well, both my parents very much working class background, but but my mum definitely lent into that and um, was much more, um, you know, she was an absolutely, you know, enamoured with Tony Blair. We were talking that era. <laughs> I think that those were always, when I was deciding who I was voting for, I was basically like, well, who's my favourite at the moment, mum or dad? <laughs> that was that was as much as was, was in it for me, you know, probably with my first few votes. I suppose I had uh, relatives who I sort of knew their political leanings, but not really. They were, they were teachers, they were nurses, so they'd mm-hmm. sort of say, oh, how, well, it's so great that Labour's in uh, because of this reason, this reason, this reason, and, and, and things like that. Um, and then as we started to head into what's been a, a conservative last 10, 15 years or so, I have a few Boris sympathisers, David Cameron sympathisers that have yeah. uh, kind of poked their head out, but no, no one who's been really, this is my political opinion and I'm going to argue this point with you. No, no one has been as direct politically. So um, I would say I, I've got a few people that have, particularly I think around Brexit, that brought out, um, that was really polarising issue. Yeah. And I'd, you know, quite a few people that were really strong in, in my circle on on both sides and I as I said I kind of like if I'm talking to somebody with one view I'm like oh well have you considered x y and z and then I'll do the exact same um on the other side regardless of the topic but then what I found really really polarizing over the last few years was was covid and that was probably the most extreme sort of viewpoints I I had. And it was in regard to the government's response and, you know, vaccines and things like that. I, I do think the last few years, probably starting with Brexit, but, but absolutely amplified by COVID, has seen this giant, giant divide in our country between yeah. an extreme left and an extreme right. And actually, there's probably most people who sit right in the middle. I do. I'm, you know, I'm probably centre left, mm-hmm. um, but I also can be quite, can be quite centre right on, on certain things as well. So I'm not one of these like die hard <laughs> one way or the other. And I think it's actually a bit of a shame that all of these people in the middle don't really have a place to sit because I think you can respect Rishi Sunak, but want to vote for Keir Starmer. And yeah. and that feels like that's not something that anyone could do. Um, and I think the last few years have just sort of made that much harder for people. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think um, where I've always seen politics as something that happens and it's going to affect my life, but in the long term, but particularly with COVID, I think a lot of people felt like every decision that was being made was affecting their life there and then. Yeah. So rules on masks, for example, yeah. uh, was, was restricting them perhaps from the next day or if it was a lifting of rules on masks, it was making them more vulnerable to other people perhaps, yeah. or the relatives of people they really, really care about. And in some cases, it was life or death, the rules that were being put in place. So yeah. it kind of just amplified everything. And I don't think we've quite settled down. since. No, then, we either. haven't. And I think as well, like the repercussions was always something that there was short term and immediacy around COVID, which was things needed to be done right now. And but we will we will see the impact of good decisions and bad decisions because there were both there were mm. you know s- some calls that were absolutely the right call there were some that, that weren't and we will start to see that impact you know over the next few years over like even generationally you know as one small thing could have had a knock-on effect somebody losing their job that could be seen in 30 years time how that impacted those young children so there's there's definitely lots um 
you know, politics and these decisions, they do have real world, um, real life and death in the case of COVID as well, um, implications. So shall we just go over some basics? I because think I think so. that's what that's what we said we were going to do, and yeah. we, I know that you and I can probably chat for absolutely ages. <laughs> We've handled the COVID obstacle course really, really well there. So <laughs> let's go back and now, now start right back from the beginning. What what is a political party? I suppose that's that's a great place to start. And what political parties are there? The main two political parties uh, that we tend to see and hear about and the two that have been in power, well, for the majority of time, if I think all of the time, except for uh, a coalition government at one point, but is the Conservative Party and the Labour Party. And you ha- and we also have uh, Liberal Democrats. They are sort of a, a centre party. We've got the SNP, so that's the Scottish National Party, and they very much um, are fighting for independence for Scotland. And we've got the Green Party. Party. They are uh, very much a left-wing uh, party, very, very concerned with social issues, but also um, given the sort of clue is in the name, real, real um, fighters for for fixing the climate crisis and wanting to take care of of, of our planet. Those are the main ones. Uh, and uh, Jack, is there is there anyone I've missed on? <laughs> well, um, last in the last episode of this exact podcast, the politics one, the, the failed one, um, I mentioned the monster monster raving loony party, um, who were a big thing when I was growing up and when starting to think to vote. And by a big thing, I mean not a big thing at all, not as big as the Conservative Party or Labour, um, but sort of a popular joke party. Um, they sort of look to be a bit of satire on the, yeah. the idea of, of political parties. So they, a lot of their policies were based around jokes, I suppose. So one of them was introducing a 99p coin to eliminate change or replacing the national anthem with Dancing Queen, yep. um, which, you know, that not so bad, I don't think. It's no. a bit of an outdated anthem, you know, you, in re- at the start of <laughs> Although a Although Dancing match, Queen isn't that modern. <laughs> well, oh, true, true. But it, it would get everyone singing at the start of a football That's match. True. You know, it's like yeah, the Sweet Caroline equivalent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, and another one was building a bridge between Britain and Australia to improve trade between the two countries. So completely, in, hence the name, loony policies. It's a bit uh, of a the, reaction, isn't it, to put to not liking the parties that are out there. And it's kind of it's more of like a. I think people who voted them, it was more like protesting the nonsense that is yeah. politics. If you want to bring them back, I'm I'm sure you could. We could use this podcast <laughs> as a platform for you to launch your campaign. <laughs> Oh, yes. I'm sure they take me. They absolutely would. So um, just to go through some some details that people might not know. So we have, um, as I mentioned, Conservative and Labour, and we'll probably focus most of this podcast on these two. With the Conservative Party, that's who's in power right now. So um, if you um, are hearing things about the government, they, they might also be referred to as the Tory party. That's where our Prime Minister um, Rishi Sunak. So he's the Prime Minister at the moment, but they have been in power for a while and they have had quite a few Prime Ministers over the last few years. So just to name a few, we had Liz Truss. Um, she didn't do that great, to be honest. She was in office, I think, what was it, 45 days, 44 I, days? I think I blinked and I, I missed that. Um, yeah, she, she got outlived by a cabbage. I think that was the viral the thing, lettuce, wasn't it? The, the lettuce, lettuce, that was, that was it. it. Yeah. yeah, so, but prior, prior to... 
Oh God, I've forgotten her name. That's how good Forrester Liz Trust. Um, we had Boris Johnson. So he was in power the majority of COVID up until recently, but he was forced to resign because there were a number of issues, um, but mainly uh, issues around him breaking his own rules. So Boris Johnson, who was kind of traditionally quite popular, I think, as a conservative prime minister, had a bit of a a bumbling charm about him, some people would say. Um, But he really did lose a lot of the trust um, in the a lot of public trust, I think, over the Mm. last couple of years. But before him, so we have had a few, as I said, um, (laughs) we had uh, Theresa May and she was she she had a very difficult time in office um, because she was part of the uh, she kind of inherited Brexit. Is that fair to say? Yeah, um, I think so. And it was her job to get Brexit done and, and, and sort of ended in a situation where she just couldn't get it through yeah. Parliament and so had to give up almost as well. Yeah. So um, I think people look back fairly sympathetic on her time. I uh, be- a hundred percent. I think as well, where, particularly in the what we've seen over the last few years where I feel like she was a hardworking person with real integrity and was trying was trying her best with a situation that she was dealt with from her predecessor, David Cameron. So those are kind of the main names from the Conservative Party over the last over the last few years. Um, And in terms of their policies, they tend to be they're, they're right wing. So what that what that means, although they tend to be centre right, but what that means is that they are interested in the free markets, which means less government intervention. Um, Their priorities are fixing things like law and order. They want to lower taxes. And they basically really want to focus on the economy, um, having people providing for themselves um, and and upholding traditional values. That that tends to be the um, the, the centre right approach, um, the things that that they they care about. Now, on the other side, uh, we've got the Labour Party, so that's the left wing party, and at the moment, that's being led by um, Sir Keir Starmer, and um, as of as of today, um, he is he's doing quite well in the polls, and um, in the next election, uh, there's a there's a strong chance that we might see a Labour government in power. Now, before him, we had um, quite a polarising character, um, somebody called Jeremy Corbyn, and he was quite polarising because he was very, very, very left wing. So Labour lost a lot of support because of how left wing his his ideas were. And, and left wing policies um, tend to be about social democracy. They tend to be focused on workers' rights. Um, they tend to be a lot more progressive with taxation. And what that means is that people probably have more taxes, um, but then that money is going into funding public services and and, and tackling kind of inequality and fairer society. But Jeremy Corbyn was really on that far left um, and almost sometimes accused of of being very much like socialism. Mm -hmm. So politics and economics uh, align quite closely. And how, how I would probably summarize it is, which again, oh my gosh, disclaimer, I'm not an expert. <laughs> um, but conservative is far more of of how you would view maybe capitalism and labour is a bit more like socialism without the, you know, Russian revolution and all of that horrible stuff. It's more about equality, uh, whereas capitalism is about a thriving economy. Yeah, I, I think that sums it really well. Yeah. I, 
<laughs> I've learned a few things from there as well. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, Jeremy Corbyn's downfall was because he was too far on the left. Um, yeah. A lot of people liked him for that. Uh, but I'd say the majority of the UK sits somewhere in the middle, yeah. kind of like Kate was saying earlier on, uh, maybe slightly left, slightly right, but somewhere in the middle. And so if you set yourself up as being really, really right, right wing or really, really left wing, yep, you're going to capture the people that are in those bands, but you're probably going to lose some of the people who are in the centre. Yeah. Um, which is and where the majority we see, is. We see the, the same in the States as well. So mm-hmm. um, figures like Bernie Sanders in, in America, he's probably our equivalent of a of a Jeremy Corbyn figure um you know he's a I think he's a senator but he's he was running in the last election as part of the primaries um so he wasn't picked he wasn't picked <laughs> he wasn't selected or picked <laughs> picked um, should be a word he wasn't I love <laughs> um but um so you yeah you see the same in, in lots of places really where you can have um you can have individuals who are really idealistic on either the right or the left basically come come on jack uh 20 2028 uh jack's going to be oh, our yes. monster raving. raving loony party bringing it back yeah bringing back the 99p coin all of that dancing queen maybe we'll update it maybe we will have sweet carolina it's not really a british song though is it to be honest but maybe it's something... also sweet caroline not sweet carolina no oh, no this is my version I, I, i've designed a new version just for the national anthem oh, great. Uh, sweet sweet carolina we, we couldn't have sweet caroline because it's uh it's no, that's taken yeah, oh. yeah obviously come on that's so funny um now <laughs> In our in our government, we um we have what's called first past the post. I didn't realise this really until I got a bit older because normally when you when you have a voting or something like a vote like X Factor or I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, I always think, well, whoever gets the most votes wins. Yes, yeah. it's rigged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always that in the Daily Mail, isn't there, about something uh, yeah. being rigged? Yeah, um, even with not... things like X Factor and I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. You know, yeah, it's rigged. It's rigged. Joe McEldry should not have won. It should yeah. have been. Uh... <laughs> oh, we're so old, Jack. No one knows who these people <laughs> no, are. No, no. Um, but uh, we, so with our with our system actually for electing governments, we have first past the post, and what that means is that rather than everyone has a vote whether you want this guy or this guy or hopefully there'll be a lady coming up soon (laughs) um and then whoever has the most wins no it's actually done off of um your area so you vote for your local mp and then the most mps that are elected they they all have seats and those seats um whoever has the most of those they elect then a prime minister and then that prime minister who is kind of head of that party, they decide upon a cabinet and they become ministers for things like health, education, transport, so on and so forth. So when you see kind of a um, health minister, that's somebody that's been selected by the prime minister, but they will also be an MP somewhere. So you should find out who your local MP is, find out if they're doing a good job or not. And and this is a good point to point out as well um, that the people selected aren't necessarily experts in health they are politicians so they are taking advice on from the experts at perhaps the department of health and then 
translating that into ways that you and me could understand and oh, telling yeah. it to the public. Many an, when I was a teacher, many an angry sort of office moaning about all of the changes that were being made to the curriculum by people that hadn't taught a day in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? yeah. you need the best minds to be thinking together, working together. You need to, They need to know inside out how things work. And it does feel a little bit bizarre that the people that head those things up on you know have just been picked yeah from a bunch of pals I'm yeah sure goes, more goes into it than that <laughs> yeah. I, I i listened to a podcast a few weeks ago where they, they were described as just translators uh which i think actually it sits a lot better to me if they are they're just yeah. taking this information and, and you know passing it on to the prime minister uh and it, it we, we mentioned last time it, it's an impossible job to be the prime minister you're not yeah. going to please everyone um you've just got to no. try and keep pleasing at least 51 percent of the population and you'll, yeah, you'll which remain it's kind of a bit rubbish really and it, yeah. it's it's one of those things to get into power you have to be a certain type of kind of ruthless to 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 achieve at it but then the people we want in power probably are the people that aren't desperate to cling on to power it's yeah, a definitely. there's actually something um Oh, this is a bit nerdy, but there's something called like the philosopher kings, and it's basically one of Plato's ideas that the like structuring um, government it should be philosophers who are in charge because they have the best you know conceptual understandings of things, and 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 actually somebody who's trying to be a king or trying to be in power and that's what they're after. They're often the worst people for the jobs because their their end goal is just achieving that sense of status and power but i feel like we're going off on a tangent so <laughs> oh you were going to tell us about the house of I, lords and house of commons i was what a, a brilliant segue which we actually both learned how to spell correctly the other day um, yes so, amazing no, sorry that, that's another tangent i'd gone from one tangent to another but yeah the house, i know <laughs> house segue though who knew it was spelt like that no, yeah. Segua. <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um <laughs> with the uh, elected. So you're, you're voting in your general election, you're voting for your MPs, uh, where they go to debate and where they go to be these uh, brutal beasts is in the House of Commons. Uh, so that's quite often what you'll see on TV, whether that's, you know, BBC One, Parliament TV. It's where you hear sort of order, order oh, all the time. PMQs. And, yeah. And people, go, you know, screaming at each other and, and, and you know, loads of groans. And if they disagree. That is the most old fashioned looking thing, isn't it? You can't, when I watch that, I still, I can't believe that's happening right now. Yeah. You know, it just does feel like an old TV show where everyone's like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. It is well. It's like a children's playground, um, where yeah, it, it's just the best way. If you're the loudest group, you're getting in some way perhaps getting an advantage over the other less loud group. And, I know and, that's not what we should be teaching young people. No. <laughs> no, we should, be, you know, being teachers, we just want them to put their hands up and wait their yeah, turn. Be really. quiet. Yeah, yeah, just sit cross-legged, fingers on mouths, <laughs> and then oh wait gosh. your turn. Yeah. Three, two, <laughs> one. Now I have no punishment left. Um, but no, it is. It, it's a bit chaotic, and and um, it looks sort of old-fashioned. And and uh, uh, one thing that I learned the other day that really, really surprised me is up until about twenty years or so ago, uh, to raise a point in the House of Commons, you had to be wearing a hat. So everyone was wearing top hats. It looked a lot more old fashioned. And if you had forgotten your top hat that day, for God forbid you forget your top hat. Well, but, Jack, nobody leaves the house without the top hat. So uh, no. this is just a, a mute point. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that is a very good point. Yeah. But if you did or if someone stole it 
or you had to perhaps, you know, give your top hat to your, your fellow man who did not have a top hat. There was an emergency top hat. So they, they go behind right. one of the stalls, they whip it out. It was folded up to look kind of compressed. They, they'd flap it out, frisbee it across. Oh you would put gosh. the top hat on and then you could make your point as well. Just the lost um, property of top hats, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, stinky spare PE kit yeah. of uh, top hats. Uh, yeah, so... Thank goodness they don't do that anymore because it, it would really, we're already with sort of the laughing stock of the, the world in our politics because it looks so uh, archaic. But don't do that anymore. But they do still discuss those points. So that is the House of Commons and mm -hmm. they're the ones with the green seats. So the ones you normally yeah. see on the TV. Um, we also have the House of Lords who sit in an almost identical chamber, but it has red seats. Um, okay. So, you know, you're in the right one. Uh, yeah. You know. um, but they are not elected officials. Um, so like we have elections for uh, the, the members of parliament in the House of Commons, we don't have that for the House of Lords. House of Lords members get their status in one of two ways. Right. Either they are chosen to be lords by the government mm -hmm. or they are hereditary lords, which means they have, an they have inherited their title from their family. So it's been passed down from generation to generation. So that's the literal, you know, when we have Lord and Lady, we're yes. talking about these guys. We are, yeah, with the medieval like, connotations. To and not the well. ones that you can just buy off the internet, because I definitely bought my dad a lordship for about £45 two Christmases ago. Yes, I bought one for my brother as well, and I haven't seen him in the House of Lords. So no, no, uh, either he's I think not my dad might have up use of it or... updated his postal address yeah that, that is a good thing so <laughs> such an idiot <laughs> yeah you, you don't even need to buy uh the lordship to do that anyone can do that on amazon you can put yourself as a lord you yeah. can you know anything jedi any title yeah. you want you can you can have it um but All yeah these doctors are doctors who just spent years yeah. wasting their time yeah there's, it's not illegal to call yourself a doctor on your amazon parcels go for it well, or, there you, or, go. you know uh vicar whatever you want um but anyway, these are the real deal. These are the real lords in, and they are hereditary lords. So there's a lot of... Um, so are these guys making decisions, these these lords, or, or what's their what's their role? Is, is it just a, a figurehead or, or, you know, do they yeah. actually do anything? Good, good question. So um, they're not making decisions in terms of creating new laws. But when okay. um, the House of Parliament and the MPs decide on a law, it then, before it comes into practice... It will go through the House of Lords, who will almost like double check it and mark their work, I suppose. Mm -hmm. If you want to put it in a very teachery type of way, can't get away from school at the moment. Yeah. If you want to, they, they mark their work and they say, these are the changes you should make. And they might send it back or they might say, great, we'll pass that. And then it gets sent to the king. And that's Do they more give a, a... Um, <laughs> an even better if and a what went well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I really like this. Uh, yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, you'll get, if it goes well, get sent off to the king, who will sign it off. And that's more ceremonial than anything these days. Um, but if they wanted to change it, they'd send it back to the House of Parliament. And then they might amend it and send it back to the House of Lords, who might then pass it on to the king or send it back. And so you can have this law going back and forth between the two houses forever, technically. Uh, but that's why the, the term parliamentary ping pong comes from. OK, back and forth, I back guess and this forth. is controversial, though, because these these guys i mean i'm sure there are some ladies as well but let's just um it's mainly men let's be real yeah, yeah. um so these these chaps these aren't elected officials though are they no they're not however you're going to be surprised with what i say here i'm, I'm glad they're there we do need someone to be okay. in the house of lords because what they they stop from happening is they stop what's called uh, an absolution so uh, a 
someone having absolute power over the country like mm -hmm. we used to have with kings and queens yep. so back in the day henry the eighth times henry the eighth would say i want this to be true it is true and yeah. then if that you know that might not benefit and most likely would not benefit the entirety of the country or even the majority of the country. I so don't know what you're talking about. Lords, I feel like Henry VIII was a really yeah. stable, level-headed guy. <laughs> they, it's great because it stops things like that from happening. It means okay. that there is a check on these rules because if there was a law passed by Parliament, that just means that it's been voted through by a majority, which yeah. the, the leading party, the government's party, would have. And so they'd be able to send through any laws that they want to and have an you know, absolute power over the country. So okay. by having this checking point, even if perhaps it's a bit outdated and we do need to change it to rather than being hereditary titles, being in some other way, it's yeah. an important one to have. Because I guess it's probably not that much of a representation of the UK at the moment. I think that's probably one of the criticisms, isn't it? It's, the function, yes, tick, agree. Yeah. But those people are they actually representing the in the interests of today's britain maybe not maybe not so much you're right um in that, that yeah it's not representative i think if you were to ask them sort of what a chip butty is or why you might have gravy on your chip <laughs> they'd have how no much is idea. a pint of milk <laughs> yeah it's it's they're not gonna have a clue so in, i mean in to be fair of... it's changing so much at the moment i'm not <laughs> sure you could quiz me on anything yeah. like that right now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a hundred pounds per pint. Yes, um, nearly. Must be that. So, just before we move on to liar, liar, teacher, pants on fire. Oh. Close. Teacher, liar, pants on fire. Teacher, liar, pants on fire. Just, um, I, I think, um, you know, it really is is important that we kind of stress the significance of of getting involved and in, and being interested in this as anyone really, because there's so many things that this is going to impact. You know, and, and there's no right or wrong way to believe or or vote, um, but really do sort of educate yourself because these decisions really they're to do with education they're to do with housing the job market our health care the climate you know all of these things really young people more than anyone are going to be living with um, the decisions that are made at the moment um, and continue to be make um, continue to be made more than than the most really um because yeah. you'll be around to sort of see it all. Um, yeah, we, we, we're very, very lucky in this country and we can't take it for granted that we have the chance to vote and the chance yeah. to choose. Even if it's only one little vote that we get uh, in a, a country of millions of people, we still get a say in who leads the country. Um, and it's important to forget that that's important. And another thing I would say is even if you don't think your vote is going to make a difference, actually, even if your vote doesn't impact the seat and the and the MP who holds that seat, the results really impact policy decisions because people are always afraid of losing power. So mm. even if they didn't lose power right then and there or um, or they they would look and think, oh, that was actually there were more people voting for x than i'd imagined yeah maybe some of their policies are um are worth paying attention to maybe something that these people are saying is um is resonating with this audience and they do so much data analysis on it that even if you're even if you think oh i'm i, I there's no point me voting this person because this seat's always been like this and it always will be don't think like that because every single one of those votes even 
it will still be impacting someone somewhere who's doing polling and and thinking, oh, I wonder why this demographic showed up for this candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is really important. But yeah, that's been a that's been our our little summary on politics. I don't think we got too controversial. I think that was okay. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get cancelled. I've not screamed at you. In. Teacher liar, pants on fire. Then it's your turn, Jack. It um, is. It go. is. Go go so, go. Yeah, I, I I've got three. Just in case this is anyone's first episode, they thought, you know, I'll dive in on politics. Um, but uh, I've got three statements, three news stories, yeah. two of which are true. One is a lie. And Kate, it was your turn this week to guess which one is the lie. Yeah. Um, so first one, man creates Tinder profile for his goldfish. Second Great. one, penguin spotted on Scottish coastline. Oh, okay. Third one, flamingos form friendship groups based on their personalities as well. All sound made up, I think, this week. Oh, they all I, sound really yeah. funny I, and cute. I can, I can delve into any of them in a bit more detail if you've got any I questions. I know, but oh, this is the problem. I then will start to read into what you're saying and I'll be like, <laughs> oh, he's tricking me. <laughs> go on, please give me details on all three. Yeah, go on. So Man creates Tinder profile for his goldfish. Um, he did this to raise awareness of uh, the goldfish in the, the, the area. I, I think there was sort of a, I can't quite remember, but there was a, a, a rare breed of some sort um, and people were winning them at fairs and just sort of killing them. So he wanted to raise awareness Aww. and thought that was a good way to do it. Um, penguin spotted on the coast, on the Scottish coastline, pretty self-explanatory. Um, yeah. They this one is actually one I saw this morning um, and as of yet they were unsure as to why it got there so I was a bit worried that you might have seen that one and instantly knew it was true but you may now have I may think, just not now I think it. you're trying to trick me but last time I thought you were trying to trick me <laughs> and you weren't trying to trick me so so difficult Carry the, on, the last the one, one is uh, yeah flamingos form friendship groups based on their personalities so um, you know <laughs> it seems weird but uh, whether or not they're willing to share uh, their foods what the, the types of actions that they do uh, at different points in the day they form friendship groups and it actually benefits them because then they end up going and doing things in groups where they're less likely to be hunted okay um, all right i'm going to stop you there jack yeah i i think i think two is the lie you're you're right well done oh, yes. <laughs> but you did it so well so i was just so convinced that oh but i'm so God, what? Yeah, oh. I, I think I was in danger with that one as making it too mundane because uh, you don't want to make it sound too weird because it stands yeah. out. But and... I totally believe that that I was like, that's the most believable. So I think that's the lie. And yeah. I think it's all just mind games, isn't it, with you and I? We're just trying it to is. It is. Well, it I, the ultimate mind game is telling me that the previous episode we recorded where I won Teacher Liar Pants on Fire failed. So we had to do it again until you win. I think that's possibly <laughs> what's happened here. We'll see if this recording is successful no. now. But... Oh, yeah, this recording's going great. I can see now the audio <laughs> levels are working fine. Perfect. Um, so uh, classroom confessional then before we get on to our MVP of the week. Um, have you. there been any any more uh, requests in? So this is our feature, which is for people to write in. So if you do want to write in anything you want to ask Jack or I, um, the email address is podcast at minervavirtual.com. That's podcast at minervavirtual.com. Um, but I think we've got um, some requests in. So if you want to pick one, Jack. We have. We've got one already. And this one is political based. So I thought I'd choose this one. So it was being a student under the age of 18. I can't vote. Is there anything I can do uh, that will allow my voice to still be heard. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because yeah. I guess we've been sort of focusing this on like why you should vote, 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 vote. But if you can't vote, there's still oh, there's still lots of things you could do. Well, firstly, you're doing the right thing by learning something about it. Mm. I would say I think you can still um, if there's something you're passionate about, I think you can still start petitions. You can. You can probably still protest. So there's always different sort of protests going on where you can join that crowd and and make your voice heard. Anything else? Yeah, they, so there's groups you can join. There's also, um, if you already feel yourself particularly associated to a political party, you can join the young version of that political oh, party. Oh, can group you really? Oh, that's well. great. Uh, yeah, so the Young Conservative or the Young Labour group or the L- Young Monster Raving Looney Party group as well. Yeah, recently um, re- reformed by Jack. <laughs> but yes, you, you can join that as well. Um, one thing I found out a few weeks ago uh, that I thought was really, really interesting and amazing and probably shouldn't be the case, but anybody can post anything to 10 downing street um so if you had a petition that you wanted to be heard by or just a valentine's day card (laughs) yeah valentine's day card to rishi suno yeah you you could go uh there's the armed guards but if you tell them what you're doing they'll they'll sort of uh scan you through scan your bags and you're allowed to go and post it as well so an interesting day out uh, if nothing else and and I think as well, just just sort of learning more, you know, we don't want this to be a boring chore that you've got one more thing you need to learn about. Um, but, you know, I really enjoy The Rest is Politics, which is a podcast with Alistair Campbell and Rory Stewart. Um, they are uh, excellent and they kind of talk through lots of different political things, but one of them centred left and then probably a little bit more left wing um and one of them sent right so it's interesting to hear their viewpoints um and they managed to discuss things without falling out as well which is just you know incredibly mature <laughs> yes um and then you you had a website didn't you when it we were was, doing a bit of research for this yeah all, all, it's like a website and an instagram page it's called simple politics and it actually came out of brexit because Brexit was so complicated and yeah. so difficult to, for people to understand. There was a lot going on every single day. And so it just limits that down to one uh, Instagram post a day, maybe one a week if there's not a lot going That's on. That's really good. And, and tells you what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and also in a, a very um, responsible way as well. So it, it's not leaning towards the left. It's not leaning towards the right. It's just giving you the facts. Well, the last thing is MVP of the week. So um, I'm going to go first. Go for it. Um, so mine um, is a comedian I saw last week. He was called. He's called Glenn Moore. Now, I don't know that many people that that know about him. I'm so sorry, Glenn. If you, <laughs> you were fantastic, though. Um, but I saw him, um, and he was just so good. It was a really energized set, and I really like seeing. I love seeing comedy of all different levels, but I love seeing it in a small venue where it's so much more intimate, and you can just see the work that goes into that into the show. And at the end, he stood like by the exit and just sort of said bye to everyone oh. and thanked us for coming, and it just felt amazing. You know, I as I said, it's great to watch. You know, someone like ricky at the o2 of course that's incredible and you'll be cackling away but it was a really really great show and i definitely i want to i want to be able to listen back to this in five years time when he's blown up (laughs) and be like oh guys do you remember i recommended him (laughs) um so yeah he's he's my mvp of the week glenn moore i thought he he was um, fab this weekend it was the just for laughs london comedy festival and he was taking part in comedians wrestling 
uh, as well. So it, you can actually watch it yeah. back. I, I'm a comedy nerd, so you, you know, are a yeah. comedy nerd, aren't you? <laughs> and actually, um, you know, we need to we need to get you out on 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 the road get, doing your get, stand up. I thought you were going to say get get me out of the house, get me doing <laughs> watching doing other things and watching stand up comedians. If yeah. I'm watching this niche comedy wrestling, <laughs> I don't think they properly re- well wrestling's fake anyway. Um, spoiler alert. Um, I, you know, I hope that's not shocked anyone. But sorry. <laughs> Next thing you'll be telling me about the tooth fairy. (laughs) No, yeah, wrestling's fake, but um, this is extra fake, I suppose, uh, in which case. But it it is all entertaining and quite fun. I was going to go, but it was uh, late last night and I I couldn't do it to myself. No, can't do that on a Sunday evening. So go on, who's yours? My MVP of the week is not accidentally linked. And it was always someone who was going to come up as an MVP for me. And I am a bit gutted because he was initially my break glass for emergency MVP if I didn't think of one. But then it it fitted so nicely with yours. I thought I'd go with James Acaster. It was another stand-up comedian. You Um, bloody love James Acaster. I I swear, every time time I've ever spoken to you, (laughs) I think we had the Christmas party, you mentioned James Acaster. When when I saw you in January, you mentioned James Acaster. Oh, no. (laughs) You're just fangirling, good old. (laughs) Yeah, well, I just think... That's somebody who likes comedy. He's a comedian who does it unlike anyone else. And, it, it, you know, uh, I, when, once you've seen so many stand-up comedians, once you've not left your house for years just because you've been watching so much stand-up comedy, seeing someone who does something a little bit different is yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I actually went to go see him this weekend because I'm absolutely obsessed and probably his biggest stalker. So I think that's probably it for the day. And politics done. Politics, politics complete. Politics done. Tick. Tick. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed this conversation. Obviously, Jack and I don't know don't know a huge amount. So use this as a springboard to go out and find out more, um, discuss these things with your friends, do some research, form your own views. Uh, they're always it's always worth exploring. Don't ever feel silly like you don't know who someone is or you haven't heard of that, and therefore don't let that hold you back or be a barrier for you going out and exploring. So I think what makes our society so incredible is is the richness and the varied discussion and culture and viewpoints that we have so don't let that stop you um well that's it from from us so thank you so much for listening 